Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. I'm joined today by the lovely Lizzie Adams, who is a spiritual happiness coach. So welcome, Lizzie. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. We're joined today by my two scatty lurchers. So if you hear any little <laughs> tip-happy noises. Oh, lovely. What, what are they called, Lizzie? What's their, what are their names? I've got a Whippet lurcher. He's five and he's called Louie. And I've got a Saluki lurcher who's four and she's called Betty. Oh. So everyone in my house is the same age, pretty much. The ah. same age as my twins. <laughs> Brilliant. So madhouse. <laughs> I love a madhouse. We love a madhouse. So what exactly is a spiritual happiness coach? Expand for our listeners for me. So a spiritual happiness coach is all about bringing positivity and balance to people's lives. So I predominantly work with female entrepreneurs, um, mainly because that's kind of the experience that I've been through myself. So I feel like I'm able to help them because yes. I helped myself, so to speak. So I try and create a more positive and balanced lifestyle through Reiki manifestation and meditation, because to me, they're the three things that scaled my business, that has helped me through like mental difficulties. And they've, they've just created what is now my little business, my little spiritual happiness. Yeah. And I just think the three, the three things are just so, they're just so key in, in a lot of what we do in life. And there really is a market though, Lizzie, for this kind of treatment now, isn't there? Or coaching, because especially with this year, 2020 being completely wiped out with the pandemic and more people obviously suffering with stress or, or trying to juggle too many things from home. I think there really is a market for it, isn't there? Yeah, most definitely. Um, it's, it is, it's one of those that especially this year where everything's just kind of gone to pot, so to speak, yeah. that it is just knowing how we can kind of calm our minds and just kind of give ourselves that little bit of a mental break that we need to do because you know we're so we're so busy in our lives anyway that now with the pandemic and everything else that's going on we're just more stressed we're more yeah. anxious it's like yeah. everything else is it's just heightened so by learning just like small little things like meditation or you know reiki to go alongside what we do yeah it helps balance everything out so much more it really does even just by a few minutes a day just doing it yeah because we, we certainly are putting more pressure on ourselves aren't we now oh uh, good to do yeah. even better working from home and you know lots of people's lives have completely been turned upside down so let's talk about meditation then for our listeners what is meditation so meditation comes in so many different forms. We initially think to ourselves with meditation that you've got to sit down, cross your legs in tiny knots, um, and like this. just um, Yeah, <laughs> and we just think that that's what we've got to do, and it's it's not, and it's it's teaching people that they can break away from that kind of idealism of that's what meditation is. So for me, meditation is calming the mind in any situation whether or not that's going for a walk like 
you know, so I, I will walk out with the dogs, we'll go through the woods and things like that. And it's learning to block out the noise that's so, I don't know, through lorries and cars that are going through traffic and concentrating on a bird song so that yeah. you can, you know, your mind calms. Meditation is about having a shower that we would do usually and releasing that negativity. Imagining the water going over you and it ridding that negativity, that ridding negative energy that is around you and the water is positive energy. You know, it's about finding whether or not you want to sit down and listen to a guided meditation or just be still in life. You know, there's so many different variations of meditation and they suit everyone. It's just learning the principles of it. So I will always teach you that when you go to meditate, you get what we call a monkey mind. So whenever you want to sit down and you want to be still and you want to just forget everything, all of a sudden you're thinking of Uncle Bob's birthday, Uncle Bob's birthday that is in four weeks time. Yeah. In four weeks time that has no relevance to anything. And so it's learning to calm that mind. So what I tend to do is I will say to you, this is the hardest part. This is the part that's going to take you the longest to do. But when you do, it is an incredible breakthrough. So what we do is we, we acknowledge that the steps are there. So we acknowledge the fact that this Uncle Bob's birthday has just come into our mind. We accept it and we know that it's there. But we can deal with it later on. We don't have to deal with it now. Yeah. And then we release and let go. And every time you get something that comes into your mind, you do those steps and you keep doing those steps until you learn to just have a calmness and that it's just, you know, all these little ideas, all these, you know, worries or thoughts are in their little pots and then you can go off and deal with them however you wish, you know, after your meditation. So do you teach people to maybe have a, a blank canvas, like a white canvas or a dark canvas? Or do, does everybody kind of address it differently, you know, approach it differently? So everybody is different. When you learn meditation, everything, everyone and everything is different. So some people want to learn to meditate just simply to just calm their minds and just to, just to have a bit of solace and a bit of quiet five minutes. And so sometimes it could be to de-stress. So I'll teach them things like a guided meditation. So I'll take them on a journey. I'll take them on a story. And it will be things like um, we'll walk for a woodlands. We'll learn to feel the surroundings that are around you. And then it will be ridding those negativity, that ridding of anxious, that anxiety that rids us. And then letting it go. And then there'll be other times that people want to learn how to connect to spirit. And then I'll teach them how to connect to spirit through meditation. So it's the same principles. We still need to calm our mind, but it's looking in a different direction of our mind from the part that we want to be, you know, calm and collective and, you know, just be ourselves to them wanting to see our, our, our thoughts, our, our second thoughts, I suppose they'd be called really. How long do people have to meditate for, for it to be effective? You can meditate from anywhere from five minutes to 30 minutes to an hour. It is up to you. It is effectively down to your decision of when you can find it. Right. And that's the great thing with meditation because there is no time scale on it. 
what works for you might not work for the next person, but it might work for somebody else. So if you're in a rush in the mornings and you need to make sure that you're getting everything done, but you, you know, you've got this muddly mind of everything, you might not have time to sit down and, you know, calm and collect with your thoughts. It might be that it's on the way to work. It might be that it's in the shower. It might be when you're getting ready. And as I say, it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be that you're closing your eyes. It's about the idealism of reading those thoughts and picking up on something else. So if you're on your way to work and you're in the hustle and bustle of traffic, say you're on a train or a commute, then it's blocking out the noise that's around you, like maybe the people that are there and homing in on a specific sound. Maybe the, the train that's going past, maybe the noises through the tunnel. It's about collectively picking up on something different and concentrating on that. So our minds are just collect like just in one position and not yeah. sporadically everywhere and anywhere. Yeah, with all the so thoughts you can meditate for around. five minutes to yeah. however long you wish. Like right. you can even do it at night time when you go to bed. So yeah. yes, whatever suits anybody. And what are the benefits then of, of meditation? So the benefits of meditation, so you've got things like um, mental health. This is a big one for me because I suffer from bipolar and right. I don't like to use the word suffer because to me bipolar is, is like having a superpower. You know, I go through all these different emotions and I never know which one I'm going to come up with next, you know, <laughs> and it's one of those things of, yes, it can be awful when I have anxiety and I just want to shut the world off. And yes, it can be kind of crazy when I have a manic bout and I want to just spend money. It's usually my one for my manic <laughs> behavior. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. But what I've learned is with meditation is that it just calms the mind so much So when I'm having a down day and I am riddled with anxiety, stresses, strains, everything, meditation just helps just calm my mind. It neurologically helps it. And it's been proven as well that, you know, meditation is scientifically good for us as well. It isn't just this spiritual thing. It isn't anything like that as well. It is proven that it helps to calm our mind. It helps to kind of calm the brain and work with the brain as well through like dealing with the anxiety and things too. And as I say, when I'm having like a manic episode or anything like that at all, or, you know, for anyone else, it could be that they're just feeling like rushed and, you know, they're not too sure of what to do or where to go. And their day is hectic. Meditation just is, it's really, really, really helped so much with like my mental health. And I believe that it helps so much with others as well. Whether or not you have mental health or not, it is just, it is neurologically beneficial for you too. Um, I find it helps you to sleep better as well. I'm an insomniac. That's one of the things that I have with bipolar. And I found that by meditating as well, it's really helped to be able to sort my sleep patterns out and things too. Yeah. Um, so do you meditate before you go to bed then, Lizzie? Yeah. So sometimes I meditate before I go to bed and sometimes I'll do what we call, um, we call it either a sleep meditation or a sleep hypnosis. And it'll be that I'll listen to something, whether or not it be like binaural beats 
whether or not it's a guided meditation or anything like that, but I'll listen to it whilst I'm asleep as well. And then that way it just, your, your mind is working, you know, like, um, when people say to you, like to people that are in a coma, you know, speak to them, they can hear you. And you're kind yeah. of thinking, well, how is that possible? Yeah. It's the same principle for when we're asleep. We still hear these things. We still understand what is going on in our subconscious brain. It's, it's so powerful to, to understand this as well. And you know, when you used to get told as well, never go to bed on an argument yeah. because it's not good, you know, never go to bed on an argument with someone either. And that's the thing is that you shouldn't. And the reason being is because otherwise you're the last thought that you have is a negative thought. Yeah. And if you ever think to yourself, like if you have had an argument or anything like that before you've gone to bed, your sleep is atrocious for that night. You're stressed. You wake up feeling rubbish. Your sleep pattern was terrible. Like everything's just gone to pot. Whereas if you calm your mind, you actually have a better night's sleep. Yeah. because you haven't got all the worries and the stresses and strains that go with it you've released and let go of it yeah because um, lots of people so will yeah. write it down won't they write down the things that are driving them crazy or and to get yeah. rid of it that way journaling journaling is yeah. so important to do it really is um but yeah that's the great thing about this there's so many benefits to meditation that i think the list is pretty much endless with it yeah you know not only does it have you know mental health benefits it's got I, I think it's to do with things like posture and that as well. You know, like when you are, like if you are sitting, it helps your posture and things, which, yeah. and I think the, the last thing as well with it is, is your breathing. Yeah. Um, if because you are I sat up you, straight. I'm, I'm sitting up straight yeah. now, you said that. Yeah. <laughs> but you, your lungs I, are I open, you can take you. in the breath easy, can't yeah. you? Yeah, I teach you how to box breathe, which is um, breathing in for four seconds, holding that breath for four seconds and then releasing it four seconds. The idea is if you sit up straight, you're putting more oxygen into your lungs. And it's, you know what I mean? And that's what you want to happen. That's what you want to do. You want to release all that, like the carbon dioxide or the negativity and then bring in all that positive energy. Yeah. So yeah, so lots of benefits to meditation. So you also offer Reiki as well, which is completely different, isn't it? Can you um, explain to our listeners exactly what Reiki is? Yeah. So Reiki is a Japanese holistic therapy and it's all to do with working alongside your chakras and helping to alleviate any negativity and you can help that you can do this and it can help things like uh trauma stresses strains if you have um like pains in your legs or arms or anything like that then it'll help with that too um if you have an illness then reiki is also there and it can help with the symptoms of your illness it's not a miracle cure so i don't really think that it is there in place of anything but it's just it's there to make you feel better i suppose in the sense of like mentally if that makes sense in that so when um a lot of terminally ill patients that have cancer and things like that will have reiki because it helps them to have a better understanding of what is happening with them. It will bring them a sense of calm instead of worry and upset that, you know, this is happening and everything. Um, we also do Reiki with animals as well. So, so, but what is it? I mean, what I remember of Reiki was, I think it was like um, uh, the therapist was working on my feet. 
so it's all along working with your chakras. So where, if you work with somebody one-to-one, um, then what you do is you can either do evasive, which is where you have hands on the participant's body or non-evasive where you don't touch them and you hover over them for about an inch above them. And then what you do is you open them up, so to speak, to universe, to allow white light, to allow healing throughout their body and to rid negative energy. It's all about energy source with it. It's not about healing a cut or a wound that's on somebody. It's about the inner self of somebody. So we'll go through from the crown chakra, so starting from the top all the way down to their root chakra, which is at their feet, and each chakra, if it's unaligned, will get like an energy sense that will feel unbalanced. And every chakra has a meaning to it, whether or not it's stress, anxiety, uh, a sense of direction. So if you, your throat chakra feels unaligned, so for us, you may feel like a, a heavy like energy or a negative energy around your throat chakra, it usually means that the participant needs to speak out and that they're holding something back and that they need to go and speak their mind about things. And that happens quite a lot because we do fear, I think, speaking our minds because we don't like to upset somebody else. But yeah. sometimes we, have we don't to... like confrontation, do we? Yeah, we have to let that go. And I think sometimes it is just giving that person a nudge to say, it's okay. Like, go on you can do this kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. so there's um, a real science to it isn't there yeah uh, there is it. and also is it true that you know you can diagnose some illnesses and things with reiki i have heard that you can do but i wouldn't do so i will always if i feel your ailments on you so i might feel that maybe you're stressed or you're anxious I might feel a pain in your arm or your leg or anything like that. I will always tell the recipient the pains, the aches, the feels that I have for them. And if they don't feel correct, I will always say to them, make sure you go and see your GP or make yeah. sure you go and do the right thing. I will never diagnose anyone with anything. That's not what I'm there for. But I can sense different things through somebody's body. And that's why I said with the, with the cancer patients, is that we have that understanding of obviously how they feel so we try to make transitions with anything in life a lot more happier and a lot more positive and we do that by working through your chakras and after you've had a reiki session you just feel lighter you feel happier sometimes if you've had to get rid of a lot of like negative energy you'll cry and that's not a that's not a bad thing because you're lightening the load, you're releasing, so aren't you? Yeah, you're releasing that energy, and that's the beauty of it. And ninety percent of the time, you'll find that you'll have a really good night's sleep afterwards as well. And I always say to to people when they say like, "How many times should I come back and get Reiki?" I'll always say to them, "You'll know when you next want a Reiki session," and they'll look at you and be like, "Shouldn't you be telling me to come back next week? Like, shouldn't you be saying this to me?" And I'll go, "No, you'll know." And they'll be like, "Okay." And then all of a sudden, I'll get a phone call and I'll be like, "Can I book in for a Reiki session?" And I'll be like, <laughs> "Do you feel it?" And they're like, "Yeah." All of a sudden, I just got this sense that I just need to have more Reiki, oh, and wow. it's, they can't they can't describe it, but they're just yeah. like, "I just need I just need to have it, please." That's all right. <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, of course." 
So, Lizzie, you're also the founder of Phenomenal Routines and Rituals. So what is that? What is it you're offering with so routines and rituals is a 12-week course and it's all to do with learning to calm our minds learning to get rid of any past trauma um sabotaging uh, self-sabotaging beliefs anything like that that's hindering us from having a positive and balanced lifestyle that we should all deserve to have now so we go through a journey of i'll teach you reiki which you then get qualified at the end for it does, it, the Reiki itself will take longer than the three months, but it's there continuously for you. So it's a self-paced course, like that's added into it kind of thing. And you do get certified with it at, at the end as well. Um, I also teach you how to meditate, how to calm the mind and the different platforms of being able to meditate. We also go through um, self-sabotage, limiting beliefs. So I'll take you back to learning how, why you feel like you do, what you feel is holding you back. And we'll take that journey through a sense of meditation. Um, and then once we've got through that, we'll then look at how to create a more balanced lifestyle. So we'll work towards creating ourselves like daily routines, how we can impact that and add positive things through affirmations, angels, working with animal spirits, and different things like that. So it's a jam-packed course that takes you on an epic journey. And at the end of it, as I say, you'll get qualified for being um, late, a Reiki level one, as well as obviously having the course that will then set you up to, you know, go further on in either lifestyle or your business as well. Right. So okay. yeah, that's interesting. And one thing that came up as well was pendulum readings. Yes. What is that? I mean, I'm thinking of a pendulum. I can picture a pendulum, but. <laughs> so pendulum readings are uh, obviously a source of reading, the same as what it would be if someone had tarot cards or oracle cards or anything like that. It's what we call dowsing. So we use a pendulum, whether or not it's a crystal, a ring, or anything that holds its own weight to be called a pendulum, so to speak. And then what we do is we connect to spirit, the same as what you would do if you were doing a tarot reading or anything of that at all. We let in the white light and I simply ask it questions. So when you do, the difference between a tarot reading and say a pendulum reading is that the tarot will give you the reading through the cards. It will give you that direction through what specific cards mean and then obviously what spirit means on top. Whereas a pendulum reading is more specific question. So I will always show um, the client the pendulum in my hand so you can see that it doesn't move. So that you can see that I'm not sitting there swinging around with the pendulum and then it doesn't do anything. And then what we do is I'll, I'll, um, I'll tune it into myself. Now, by doing that, it means that I... Um, I give it like activation codes. So if it spins around in a circle, it'll mean yes. If it goes back and forth, it means no. And I'll show the client this as well so that they know that there's no like hidden agenda or anything like that at all. And then what we do is we ask questions that are either yes, no, or maybe questions. And the great thing is that the pendulum won't lie to you because it's not me answering it, it's spirit answering. So we'll ask a question and then the pendulum will give you the answer. And then on top of that as well, then spirit then connects through me and I'll be able to give you a bit more of like an in-depth, you know, answer instead of just sitting there going, oh yes. 
That's they used it. to they used to use pendulum um I'm not saying it's readings or a treatment, but to tell what sex a baby was, didn't they? For yeah. pregnant ladies. Yeah, you put them over the top of the belly and then if it swings in a specific way, it's a girl, and if yeah. you swing it the other way, it's a boy. Yeah, no, we I did that. My dad did it with me when I had my twins. And did it work? So, yeah. yeah, well, it came out girl and I got girls. So <laughs> <laughs> So it worked. It worked. So, Lizzie, you're also the co-author of the book When the Goddess Calls. So tell us all about the book and how you, how you fit into being the co-author of the book. So When the Goddess Calls is an awesome series that was created by the wonderful Tina Pavlow. And she wanted to get a collection of beautiful souls that wanted to tell their spiritual journeys of how they have come like, through a spiritual awakening and everything. And the, the four volumes that we've got um, are told by many different women all about, or from all over the world that have told them about their spiritual path, their spiritual awakening. And when volume four was in process of becoming, Tina reached out to me and asked if I'd like to write a chapter. And um, so I agreed and I thought, well, all right, you know, I'm going to write a chapter of my spiritual awakening. And I remember writing it out and I had to really dig deep of when I was younger and I could see spirits and things like that and how I created this fear. And I remember sending off the first draft and said, you know, how's this for you kind of thing. And she was like, yeah, it's really good, but you're holding back on something. And you know, when you kind of sit there and it's like that childish, no, I'm not. And then I knew deep down that I kind of, I was holding back. <laughs> but I didn't know kind of how to, to let it out. So um, all of a sudden, I think one day I just, I just kind of sat there and was like, right, I'm just going to write. And I remember adding the extra bits in that I knew needed to come out on paper. And it was a lot of, and the parts that I'd missed out was um, a lot of trauma that I went through when I was a teenager. Right. Um, I, I was a, 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 I'm a survivor of childhood abuse. And that was one of the things that came up in the chapter. And I'd always wanted to express that because it was a part of my spiritual journey as well. I mean, I had things like the TV would turn on and off. And, you know, wow. I knew that spirits were around in this particular situation and I knew that it needed to be put down. But I was very much like, OK, in all these years, I've never let it out. But I suppose now is the time. Yeah, definitely. I remember when I did and I wrote everything down and I put through like the trauma and the, the awakening that I've gone through throughout life. It was like this massive burden had been lifted and I've always said that if it, if it helps at least one person who reads that book chapter to know that one, everything will be okay. And two, that you're not mad if you see spirits, you're not mad if you feel these things and that it's okay. You know, if it helps at least one person, then I feel like my job's done. That yeah. I've reached out and then I've just accomplished something. But yeah, it was, a, it was a real impactful journey and one that was very, very worth it. Definitely. Very so is the book available then, Lizzie? Can we purchase yeah. the book? 
it's on Amazon at the moment, so you can go onto Amazon and type in When the Goddess Calls, Volume 4, and it's on there. And you can either get it for Kindle or on the paperback version as well. So it's really? available for you to get on there too. Um, and yeah, and you'll see my little, my little face in the book and my little Brilliant. chapter. Oh, well, congratulations with the book. Thank so you. I've got some fun facts here, actually, that um, I thought we could have a quick chat about on going back to meditation and really yeah. what you know the benefits are and um and what people have reported that it helps really so it says here that meditation can slow down or even prevent some neurodegenerative diseases maybe like alzheimer's and, and dementia um i mean obviously they've done their research on that so what are your thoughts on that yeah most definitely it is and I think there's still room to have a better understanding with how it works neurological for our brains with meditation as well. Um, I feel that it does help to slow down that process because what we're doing when we are meditating is that we're calming that part of our brain. We're working with the hippocampus in our brains to rid the stresses and the alarmingness, so to speak, that is flagging up in our hippocampus to rid that and just to develop a sense of calm. And by doing that, it's then working with the other neurons and stuff that are going on inside our brains to be able to just plateau just for even just yeah. a moment. So I feel that if that's the case, then over a course of time, then yeah, I couldn't see why that wouldn't be effective for somebody's brain. Yeah, it's the definitely. same as if you were to do, um, like things like Sudoku and stuff like that, then it, that improves your brain. So why wouldn't meditation improve your brain? Yeah. And, and the next one here would, would make sense, obviously. Meditation can reduce blood pressure. Well, that goes without saying because you're kind of calming everything down, aren't you? Yeah, most definitely. Um, but also it can be more effective than sleep. Now, I know you brushed on sleep earlier, um, but for those people that maybe like are in some, in, can't say the word, for those people that are insomniacs and they don't get any sleep or rest, if they were to meditate, you can get the same feeling at the end of yes. it, can you? Yes. So sleep is delved into four states of sleep with the REM. So obviously our first state of sleep is when we're just drifting off. And then our fourth state of sleep is when we're in that ketosis of being fast asleep and, you know, deep state of sleep. Yeah. Now, when we meditate as well, then we go through a similar pattern to that too, so when you're meditating, it can actually help you to fall asleep. So you'll be sitting there going through the stages of sleep or REM, if you wish to call it. And when you're meditating, and if you just let yourself go instead of holding on to anything, then you're getting to that state of sleep, that state of REM quicker as well. And then as long as you're in those states, as long as you're in those deep sleep states, then it doesn't matter if you're not getting a long amount of sleep, as long as you're getting good quality sleep. Yeah. It's all about quality over quantity when it comes to sleep. Yeah, because we all worry that we don't get seven or eight hours a night, which yeah. is a re recommended uh, time, yeah, yeah. isn't it? it, but... it is. Um, that's why, a bit of a random fact for you is as well, is when mothers as well of newborn babies, we don't, you know, we don't sleep that often, but it's quality sleep over quantity sleep. Notice how a newborn mother won't have very much sleep, but she can still focus perfectly the next day. Yeah. And it's because, and this is what the doctors had said to me as well, is because the quality of sleep that you get in that small amount of time 
recess is so much more than what it would be if you were to get eight hours eight of sleep hours. Of rubbish sleep so it also says here that meditation can be more effective uh, as a painkiller than morphine that's quite wow. a, a strong yeah. statement isn't it so meditation is all about mind over matter so i have a good friend of mine that goes swimming in the sea every day oh lovely and um he said to me he said why don't you come with me i'll bet you any money you'll love it and i looked at my friends and i was literally like you're crazy why would i want to go in the sea that is ridiculously cold and I thought, you know, I'll give it a go. And I know that things like um, like meditation is mind over matter. As soon as we can control our mind, we can start to control aspects of our body. And I thought, okay, let's, let's give this a go. And I remember going in the sea and it was freezing cold. And then all of a sudden, it just went. It just stopped being ice cold and it became comfortable. And I didn't want to get out. It was oh. like I was in a nice swimming pool. It was so blissful. And that's the thing is that we have to condition our minds in a sense of when we yeah, meditate. Kind of prepare that it's going to be cold. To and prepare, this is going to be yeah, to prepare us for situations. And that's how that you'll find, you know, certain people maybe, you know, in war or hurt or anything like that, that can maybe overcome specific injuries because it is mind over matter. You know, we don't feel it in a sense. We know that it's there, but if you take that away, then what is it? You know, it's just yeah. something that's physically hurt ourselves. It is our mind that is telling us, oh, I've got a nick. You know, how many times have you, you, you know, accidentally grazed yourself or cut yourself and you didn't even know it was there, but then all of a sudden you've looked at it and you're like, oh, that really hurts. It hurts now that you've seen it. Yeah. 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 And that's exactly the same principle of it. We didn't know that it was there. Our bodies can go through so much. It's our minds that are sending those electrons, so to speak, yeah. to tell us that yeah. this is happening. And this last one here is, I love it. And I'm sure that if everybody else is listening to this, they're going to start meditating. <laughs> Meditation can prevent aging. I, I would like to think it does. I would love to think that it does. I think that it keeps you young at heart. Yeah. Um, not too sure if it's ridding any of my wrinkles right now. We'll <laughs> <laughs> have to look but, into that deeper and see where they've got that yeah. research from. But yeah, it makes but sense. I can imagine it extent, would do. Because you're not, you're not stressing, you're not straining. Yeah. And it's a stress so, that ages us, isn't it? That's what I mean. So I can imagine that it has a, a great concept to it. Ah, oh, Liz, it's been really great talking to you today. So for our listeners then, if they have any questions about what you do, how can they get in touch with you? So you're more than welcome to drop me an email to have a chat about anything at all, which is lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-Y, at spiritualhappinesscoach.com or pop over to my Facebook page, which is the Spiritual Happiness Coach, and you will also find me over there. Or just go onto my website and you'll be able to find me too, which is the spiritualhappinesscoach.com. Um, yeah, and feel free to have a peruse and a natter or join me on any of my social medias. Brilliant. Well, I wish you, I wish you all the best with your future endeavours. And um, I think I will definitely look into meditating myself. Thank you very much. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life, sponsored by Dane Bank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. 
If you'd like to be a guest on this show, you can contact me via my social media pages, Karen Kelly Podcast, or send an email to Kelly at btinternet.com. <laughs>